Hello there. Just wanted to remind you at the beginning of this episode that uh, Audible.com, that's the world's top provider of downloadable audiobooks, they're offering all of my listeners a free audiobook. And to be honest, they're offering everybody a free audiobook. You don't have to be a listener to my podcast. But um, nevertheless, the offer is there. Um, and if you'd like to get a free audiobook, just um, you can you can do it by going to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke. Okay, um, you can download a free audiobook and try out their service for thirty days. And if you do that, then I get a little bit of support from Audible. Okay, now let's get started with this brand new episode. And here we go. You're listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, everyone. Welcome to part two of this double episode of Luke's English Podcast, which is called The Lying Game. And uh, in part one of this double episode, uh, you heard me playing a speaking game with my friends Amber and Paul. Uh, The speaking game is called The Lying Game. And uh, it's kind of a just a fun activity that I sometimes play with my students. I thought it might be interesting to play it with my friends who are native speakers and so that you could listen to the results, okay? This is a game that you can play if you want to. I'll tell you more about that later on. Uh, but um, let's see. What are the rules of the lying game very quickly? So the rules are this. Um, everyone takes it in turns to have a go. All right. Uh, so if it's your go, you have to make a statement. Could be something about the past. It could be something about uh, a habit that you have in the present, for example. Uh, but you make a statement. Then the and and you have to choose whether your statement is a lie or if it's true. Okay. You don't tell the other players if you're lying or telling the truth. You just say it as if it's true. Okay. And you can choose to tell a lie or to tell the truth. And the other two players have to guess or find out if you're lying or if you're telling the truth. Okay. And what they do is they ask you lots of questions. They interrogate you, uh, cross-examine you until they're basically satisfied that uh, you're either lying or telling the truth. And at that point, they have to decide, they have to say if they think it's a lie or if it's the truth, justifying their answer. Okay. Um, Now, if the player tells, if the player tells, a, okay, if uh, how do I get if the other players get it right, if they guess correctly, they get one point. Okay, if they guess incorrectly, they get no points. The player who made the statement can win more points by convincing the other two. All right, so for example, if you tell a lie and someone says that it's true, you get two points. So every time someone gets it wrong, you get two points, okay? So it's a maximum of four points for the person making the statement and a maximum of uh, one point uh, when it's not your go. Does that make sense? I hope that I don't overcomplicate these things. I think I do sometimes, but I think you get the idea of of the game, all right? So are they lying or are they telling the truth? You've got to ask questions to find out, okay? So where were we at the end of part one? Well, it was a bit dramatic, Um, And by the way, if you haven't listened to part one yet, then I suggest that you listen to part one before you listen to part two, because it's going to make more sense. Okay, so if uh, don't listen to this, if you haven't listened to part one, go back to part one and listen to that. All right. So what happened at the end of part one? Well, um, I went first. I made a statement. I said that I met uh, Dave Grohl, the drummer from Nirvana, um, at a Buddhist temple in Japan. Okay. Now, long-term listeners to this podcast or or observant 
Lepsters who listen carefully to Luke's English podcast may have noticed that I've told that story on the podcast before, way, way, way back in um, something like episode 100, and I think it's episode 112, I think so, somewhere in that region. The episode was called Sick in Japan, and I told... Uh, I talked about some of my experiences of living in Japan. And one of those anecdotes in that episode was the fact that I met Dave Grohl at a Japanese temple. You know Dave Grohl, drummer from Nirvana, rock star, the singer from the Foo Fighters. Um, So I did meet him. So it's actually true. So if you are paying attention to episodes of Luke's English podcast, you already knew that that was true. Okay, so there's a little reward for those of you who pay attention and listen to all of the episodes. So at At the end of part one, I had two points, Amber had two points, and Paul had two points as well. So it's even Stevens, okay? It's even Stevens. Um, But of course, there's one round left, and that is Amber's round. So what's going to happen? The only way for Paul and me to stop Amber from winning is if we both choose the correct answer. What happens? Well, you've got to listen and find out, okay? So keep listening. I'll I'll speak to you again briefly at the end. Uh, And that's particularly for English teachers who are listening to this. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about this game and how I use it in my classes. Um, Okay, so there are a couple of tips at the end of the episode for, for English teachers. Okay, right. Now, you're probably dying to know what's going to happen next. I hope so. Uh, Well, anyway, Now's the time for you to find out as we continue with this episode of Luke's English Podcast called The Lying Game. And it's now Amber's turn. So here we go. We've all got two. <laughs> um, everyone's got two. So it's even Stevens. Even Stevens. Even Stevens. Okay, the deciding Who's round. Stevens? So this is the deciding round is Amber's. And this is basically, oh, wait a minute. I think you've won. Unless we, bo- unless you both- unless we both get it wrong. No, unless, no, no, unless we both, both get, get it right. right and then... Oh, well, let's see what happens. Oh, then we might have to go for a tiebreaker. tiebreaker. Exciting. Okay. Okay. So, Amber, it's your turn. Okay. uh, I didn't realise I need to make a statement. I'm trying to think about what I can say. Um, I used to be uh, a performer on the Rocky Horror Picture Show Cinema Shadowcast. What? (laughs) You used to be a performer on the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, uh, Shadow... Cast. Cast. Okay, you, you, you need to explain what, first of all, what's the Rocky Horror Picture the Show? The Rocky Horror Picture Show is like a cult um, movie uh, from the 70s, uh, which is still really popular and people like to go and, I mean, they it, it, it was made into film and, and theatre and people like to go to the cinema and watch it and they go dressed up and mm. they interact with the screen, like what's happening and, and, and going on because it's a musical, it's lots of songs and they often do um, like a cast copy it you know they do it they perform the film as they're watching it in front of it and they lead the audience in the singing and interaction okay so i just missed the bit about what they uh i get this rocky horror picture show is a movie it's like a sort of gothic comedy sort of musical Mm -hmm. i get that i know what that is but sorry what was the shadow cast thing again at the cinema so it's it's because it's got this big cult following it's shown at lots of cinemas and at the same time that it's that people go to watch it they go dressed up lots of people come dressed not everyone but you can go dressed up as like your favorite character yeah. and at the same time that it's being performed on screen yeah. another cast they perform it in front and they lead the audience because there's lots of interaction like when something happens on screen the audience react either with words or actions as well as singing along can you give an example of of uh of a specific interaction. I've yeah. never heard of this before. You've never you know, heard of it. You know about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? I, yeah, I don't know much about it, 
but I'm interested in this whole. Do they do the shadow stuff with other? Well, things? you so as the film's going on, everyone yeah. everyone's got their character. So you're dressed up like the characters, like one of the characters on screen, like one of the characters on screen. So there's the same cast kind of there in front as there are on screen. Maybe not everyone. You don't always have everyone, but it depends on the cinema. So wait a minute. You got the movie playing. You got playing. the audience, and then you've got some other actors, including you, including <laughs> yeah. you there, in front. sort of like playing along with the movie and inviting the audience to interact in various ways. Exactly. So when you say shadow, it's not actual shadows. It's just no, they're not shadows. I just you, that's just, just what we call it. You're copying what happens on the screen. Exactly. Live in front of the audience, between the audience and the, and the movie. Exactly. Okay. So, like, you know, you asked, for example, what? So, there's lots of songs, and there's one song um, over at the Frankenstein Place, and Brad and Janet, they come out. I, c- I can tell you what the movie's about, but so Brad and Janet, they come out of the car, and their car breaks down. They're a young couple, and they're in love, and they get married, and then they're driving off, and uh, their car breaks down, and they, they end up going into this weird castle for shelter. In the night. weird spooky castle in the night. And it's full of like transvestites and mm. aliens. And it's, oh, it all goes crazy. Um, that's the basic premise. And so like as they're walking through, it's raining. And so like the cast, they, we squirt sort of water psh, 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 mm. at the audience. And what they are meant to have brought is like newspapers. So like then, like Brad and Janet, they Just protect themselves. Them. Oh, okay. Or there's a wedding and people throw rice or that that's contentious. Oh, okay. And um, there's rubber gloves and stuff like that. Okay, so we know what it is now. But yeah. the, So you were in the cast mm-hmm. and Paul just asked, yeah, what was one of the things that you would get them to do? So you're spraying them with water from water pistols and... Water with water pistols. Um, we'd have like the... We'd have the glove, you know, like one of them would have the gloves, you know, the Frank... Frankenfurter character, you know, when he puts them on, that's yeah. one of the big props, you yeah. know, because he sort of makes a man and he's always sort of snapping them. So he'd do that. Right. Uh, they play cards and, you know, we'd throw cards or there's this moment where he's sort of doing this and uh, like one of them have like this feather duster and it'd be like they're okay. sort of Who chasing were you? it away. Yeah, which one were you? Uh, Colombia. Well, tell us a little bit about Colombia. Colombia. Okay, so Colombia was um, one of the, one of Frank's, uh, one of the main people. So what? if you don't know who there are, there's the there's Frankenfurter. So he's the sort of main character. And he lives in this castle. And then there's the Magenta and Riff Raff, who are brother and sister. And they were the sort of like weird. That was Richard O'Brien who remade it. He played yeah. Riff Raff and he's yeah. like the bald guy. And then Magenta, she's got the big hair with the red lips. And she does the beginning lip sync of the, the very famous lips that you see with Rocky Horror. Right. And Columbia, she's got that sort of very sparkly coat on, you know, with tails. And she taps dances and she's in love with frank but she also is in love with meatloaf eddie Eddie. so were you tap dancing well yeah but her tap dancing is really sort of and then she falls over sorry i just did it so you uh, you tap dance and then fell over yeah i mean you just sort of as as it was happening on screen yeah but it's like carpets in cinema i mean it's just like you're just sort of everyone's going along messing around and there's lots of the idea is that there's lots of things that the audience might know, especially because people come back again and again. Like they don't just go once; mm. it's culty, so they watch it again and again. Mm. So, like if someone says "Brad Majors," you sort of everyone shouts out "asshole" or like Janet okay. Wise slut. So you kind of do you lead them okay. in that. All right. So, <sighs> when was this? This was a really long time ago. This was a really, really long time ago when I was living in London. So before I went to university, the year before I went to so university. So are you willing to what? reveal that year or, um, or not? Do we have to reveal have to, yeah, that year? <laughs> the year before I went to university. You don't have to. So it was basically 1971. 19- no, I'm yeah, just joking. just joking. when the movie came out. <laughs> 2001, 2002? Yeah. Anyway, uh, we don't okay. know, but um, it's just around the time of the movie. Uh, and how did you get into it? 
well, I had already been a fan of the Rocky Horror Picture Show for quite a long time. Yeah. Which is a bit, I mean, it's a bit embarrassing. Because it's like, kind I of mean, like a bit geeky and a bit it's sort of, really it's a little you, bit sad. Did you speak thing. Spanish and some Spanish guy got you involved? In it, exactly. Right. No, I had watched the Rocky Horror Picture Show with a friend and uh, I thought it was really cool. And don't forget, this was... A while ago, I thought lots of things were cool, like hanging out in Camden and <laughs> wearing lots cool. of black eye makeup. And anyway, so I'd, I was quite a big fan of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And then we went to London. There was the Prince Charles, I don't know if you know it in... Yeah, I know the, the Prince Charles Leicester Cinema. Square. Okay, yeah. so they did every week the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And uh, I asked if they needed anyone and they did. They got back to me. They, okay. they, they were like, yeah, someone. we really need people because no one else is willing to do this. But so, people were. Yeah, sure, come in. Yes, um, uh, wait a minute. So, Paul, I mean, I'm so wondering about this because it all seems so true. It all seems like it's it's possible. I, so, so I, hold on. The, the Magenta, no, ca- uh, Columbia, Columbia, is she a main character? Yeah, I mean, it's a very small cast. She's, right. I mean, she's not a main character like Brad and Janet. She's a sort of, she's a, a, a small character of the main characters but right. basically you've just got the sort of team and the only other characters who are not really in it i mean she has her song and she has her bit are the the sort of the you know the the um i guess i guess my question was going to be you just walked up to the place and you said do you need anyone and one of the main characters didn't have a role and they were like yeah yeah we we, we can we've got uh, this whole surely they did auditions for this kind of stuff no <laughs> i don't i don't know how puppet theater I- uh, shadow cinema works I went and I asked if they did have people and I went and I asked if they needed anyone how could I get involved right. and they said just you know leave your name which I did and said that I'd be interested in helping and did it, you have an audition n- no I didn't have an audition I went up and met them and um, I'd been a few times I think I'd been a few uh, times it's the Prince Charles cinema it's not that serious it's not very I, serious I think, I've uh, got no idea what's happening so I'm being like really it's naive not, it's here. not a oh, show like you're not paid or anything oh, it's, okay. just, so they, it's just like you're a culty fan is this the only film that they did this with I think they do it with other films too. Grease. I was going to say Grease might. It seems like a film that they might do that with. No, but they definitely dress up and do stuff at the Horry, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay, definitely. And I can certainly imagine Amber in a pair of Doc Martins sometime. You know, before university, getting involved in this. Um, Luke, you know what's going to have to happen here? What? You're just you, going to have to go you, one. You, no, you both. You realise that we both have to cr- come up with the same answer. Really? In order for her not to win. Okay. All right. Do you want to team up to wait? No, take that's her not down? true. Because hold on, if you've got if you've got two points, we've all got two points. But we've wait a minute, two- Paul. Look, the only chance that we can beat her is if we both get the answer right. Right. So that we, in order to for her not to win, we both have to come yeah. up with the same. So answer. are we going to team up to I, take her down? <laughs> we are going to team up to take <laughs> her down. Let's bring her down to Chinatown, Paul. <laughs> okay. And okay. Just, so it's just it around the corner. So we need to decide then if she's <clears throat> telling the truth or if she's just making this all up. Oh goodness <clears throat> me! What's your initial reaction? My initial reaction is this is all true, um, but that's the thing you see because. We know that she's clever because she listens to BBC Radio 4 and stuff. <laughs> so we know that she's she's intelligent. So this is all clearly a yeah. very carefully pl- uh, planned thing where it all sounds perfectly reasonable. And it's almost like, yeah, she's having to admit this thing. Yeah, okay, I'll admit this true thing about why would she make up something that's sort of a bit embarrassing and very sad? You know, the Rocky Horror Picture mm-hmm. Show. It's, it's, a bit, it's a bit sad, isn't yeah. it? It's not like very mm-hmm. cool. So, you know, why would she make that up as a lie? Um, and so I think she's revealing that as a, as a sort of a truth to make mm. to lure us in. I think she wants us to think it's true, but I also think that she knows that we are going to think that it's a lie, and so it's a double bluff. I think that she's expecting us to not believe this, and so it's a double bluff. I think it is in <laughs> fact true. 
I oh god, I I've got no idea because I, I mean there was a lot of detail, a lot of detail that I can't verify. But you seem to be like, yeah, this is all true. Yeah. Um, I think it could, it's either going to be true or her sister was in it or some or someone very close to her who was part of the she didn't actually perform in it. Yeah. Wait a minute. Maybe she hates the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Maybe she absolutely, this is what she's going to do is we're going to go, yeah, it's true. And she's going to go, no, it's a lie. I hate the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I would never do that. And then she's going to feel all chuffed with herself. But she knows somebody that did. And that's why she knows yeah. all the details of like throwing rice. Because that was all very visual, like throwing the rice, yeah. uh, the, the water stuff. Just wait a minute. Tell us about the Prince Charles cinema. So mm-hmm. um, like, you know, uh, what, was it easy to interact with the audience? Yeah, definitely. Really? Well, yeah, because it's it's quite a small um, sal. I've got forgotten the words in English. Room. It's quite a small room, and you had little space in the front, and then we could also go up the aisle, and all the audience were up for it. Like, that's, wh- they, where did you come. start? Where did you when you when the show when the film started? How does the film start? Are there credits? The, well, during the credits, you've got the big mouth and the lips. You okay, know, and did you all come out from the side? From we were there. Wait a minute. Did you see that? She knows some of the lyrics. She's a fan. And right, that, let's accept that as a fact. She knows some of the lyrics. She's a fan. If she didn't, if she wasn't a fan, she would not know these details. She's a fan. Okay. Of the, so that supports the fact that it's true. Um, question about the Prince Charles Cinema. What's mm. different about the Prince Charles Cinema compared to other cinemas? Something kind of unique about it. What is it? What do you mean? I, I mean, mean there's the something where it is? about the design of the room. Something kind of different about it, than, than, which I think you would notice if you'd worked there. Something different about the Prince Charles Cinema. Yeah, yeah. That room, it's downstairs, right? No. It's upstairs? It's on the ground floor. The the cinema's on the ground floor, really? When you go in the door, which way do you turn to get into that room? You go in the door and then you turn, there's the box and then you turn left. You turn left Mm -hmm. down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's been a while. It's been a while since okay. you were there. <laughs> this is good, um, Luke. Keep going. Keep going. I like this. What about um, but the room then? So I mean, you were standing there at the front near the yeah. screen, right? With the screen behind you. Yeah. As you were doing it. Could okay. you see everyone quite easily in the in the in the room? Yeah. Yeah, you could. Um, what direction? I guess what you're looking up at the people at the back and mm-hmm. sort of the people at the front here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you looking at the screen at the same time? Were we looking at the screen? Yeah, or do you just know the film off by heart? No, we know the film off by heart. Okay. Now, it's interesting, Paul, that she... I said (laughs) you're looking up at the people at the back and and stuff. It's interesting that she said that because the thing about the Prince Charles cinema is that unlike other cinemas where the back is at the top, at the Prince Charles cinema, the back is actually at the bottom. And you sit at the back and the room slopes (laughs) up towards the screen. So the people on the front row are actually higher than the people on the back row. And it's, mm. so it's actually, it, it's, oh, is this it's in on a slope. Square? Yeah, it's near, just off Leicester Square. Uh, okay. Is it the one? So it's, a long, the... it's a long red, uh, very plush, sort of cool cinema where they show like, like uh, cult, cult movies. No, oh, not premieres. Okay. It's like cult, cult, mo- only cult. cult movies like the Rocky Horror Picture Show and Grease and, okay. s- and Star Wars and stuff. Um so I don't know. No, this isn't working though because look, she's kind of like, no, this isn't a big deal because uh, she hasn't really noticed that. But it is a it, it is a, a feature of the cinema mm. that you you sit back and you look up the slope to the screen. But um, this obviously isn't a significant thing. Or this, unless she's just giving me the poker face right now, which is like you've discovered my secret <laughs> evil plan, and I'm not going to let away. Maybe inside she's. Shaking. I think she is. Jelly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we need to make a decision here, Luke. What do you think? Uh, I still think it's true, Paul. Do you? Yeah. 
Or even though she got the, 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 some of the details of the cinema wrong, I think it's been a while since she was there, and you know who you remembers who who remembers these details anyway. I think it's true, <sighs> but I need you to be with me on this one, because otherwise, you know, otherwise we're going to go down together. We are, but I, <laughs> I, I I think it's a lie. Why Why do you say that? Well, from the previous interaction, that kind of sealed it. Like the some of the details, some of the sketchy details, mm. but also. As you said earlier on, when people try to lie, or yeah. they sometimes fill it with a lot of details, right? And there was a lot of detail that didn't need to be in there. Stuff about the film, trying to convince us that she was a fan of the film. I think mm. you've been to see a production of this. I think I think she was in the audience of of one of these. So you reckon her like doing the lyrics was a? Trick? I reckon she's a massive fan of the film, and she went to go see the film mm. in this actual scenario at yeah. that maybe that maybe that theatre right. maybe the reason why she doesn't remember the details is because she was at that theatre and the stuff was happening she got rice on her she got water on her yeah. but she was a participant she wasn't an actress mm. or whatever mm. you call it in there I think I think the whole thing is true apart from you actually being in the production I think you were either uh, I think you, were, you went to see it a mm. couple of questions okay. um, very final questions here um, uh First of all, this is before university. So mm -hmm. you were probably, how old when this happened? I was Eight, 18. 17. You were 18. Mm. Oh, okay. What's the certificate The certificate rating of the movie? It's 15. It's a 15. Oh, okay, right then. I was going to see, because if she said, <laughs> oh, I was 17, and we discovered that it's an 18 certificate film, then obviously that, 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 that would have been, that mm, been rubbish. That yeah. would have been a, a problem. Mm. But uh, no, it's, it's a 15 movie, and she mm. was 18, apparently. You still, you, are you going to convince me that it's a lie, Paul? Mm. <laughs> I feel bad because if I convince you if it's a lie and then it's the truth, then it's my fault. But then it's the same the other way around now because if you think it's the truth and you're trying to convince me yeah. and it's a lie, then... I'll be completely honest. I've got no idea if she's lying or telling mm. the truth. But I think she's clever enough for me to, to, to fool me. So I think that I'm wrong about it being true. I'm going to go with what you say, Paul. I think it's a lie. You think it's a lie? Yeah. And, I, and, I'm, and that's an equal decision. It's not going to be your fault. Really? It will be my fault, but you can, you can, uh, we can, you can take it out of me later at our show. Okay. All right. um, I'll, make, I'll make fun of you. Final decision. Is that your final decision? Can we find a friend? <laughs> <Is that> <laughs> look, look at her face. Look at her face. She's like, is that your final decision? Look at oh, this no, no. huge grin. No, no, huge no. expectant grin on her face. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's our final decision. It's a lie. It's, it's a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. Yes! Come on! Yeah. <laughs> Who does who does? Oh. I was trying to think of something sad, the saddest thing I could oh. do. And what I What's really wanted you to notice, life? what I really wanted you to notice was that Tim Curry looks a lot like Tom Morton. That was the... Okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Wait a minute. I'm lost wait, now. Wait, she said, what I want... The only reason she told that story is because she wanted us to <laughs> notice that Tim Curry, one of the actors in the movie, looks like Tom Morton. Wait, <laughs> wait. Uh, ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> Uh, Tom Morton as I mentioned earlier in the podcast you may have noticed Tom Morton is a friend of ours who looks not only like Dave Grohl he also apparently looks like Tim Curry who is yeah. one of the actors from the uh, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show movie and, and okay, so one of Tom, the only, and, 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 uh, one of Tom Morton's uh, favourite jokes at the moment and when he is on stage he talks about curries <laughs> does he? He does. You know, Gandhi. Oh yeah, that's curry, right. He English, does talk about English, curry, English food, Indian food. Anyway, oh, anyway, there's some truth to that story, though. What's the truth? The truth is, you were really right, Paul. I I did like the Rocky Horror Picture. I had seen it a few times, and I did go and see it at the Prince Charles 
once and um, they did all this thing and I thought that does look quite fun but then who does this um, and then when I was thinking of a story to tell you I really couldn't think of anything and then when we were at the show the other night one of the songs from the Rocky Horror Picture Show came on and I recognised ah. it and I thought ah I know I'll tell them a funny right. story about that I'll see if it's you know because it's it didn't, you don't want to tell a story which is a lie which makes you sound like amazing yeah. you want to tell you something which sounds okay. sad oh, and I right. did also reveal that I do like Rocky Horror Picture Show which is a bit sad okay so any any of my listeners who are in London then I, I do recommend that you go to the Prince Charles Cinema it's just off Leicester Square it's a really cool cinema and they show like really good movies like I'm sure they were showing Back to the Future uh, yesterday um, undoubtedly they have lots of cult movies lots of sing-along movies you can go to mm. um, and yeah just like a nice nice atmosphere it's nice cool cinema. it's a really cool mm. place um, okay so the final scores then uh, I ended up with three points. Paul ended up with three points. Amber, you got two points. So we've got a tiebreaker. So we've got a tiebreaker. Um, now we've first of all, well, we've, we've already we've already got our revenge from the last game where you okay, destroyed where us. Okay, I did win. Yeah, yeah fair enough. So around, the person needs to win is Paul now. Three three between Paul and me. Okay. So how are we going to deal with this? You need another story. What? Just me? Because one of you needs another story. Either do either of you have another story? I've got another story. I've yeah. got another story. He's got another okay. story but too. So but we, we don't have time to to go through the whole process we're again. just like a quick one no um hmm. should, we, should we time it should we say you've got like three minutes to ask questions and then somebody's got to make yeah, a we'll decision do. I, i've got okay. a i've got a, a stopwatch but then uh, we can still draw and then this can keep going on forever um but no. it's not only me you're involved in this as well right or is it just us two it's just us okay oh yeah obviously or right, maybe it's just us yeah yeah right. exactly all right okay so we're going to get we're going to get three minutes for three each minutes one. what to tell the story and questions yeah Okay, right. yeah, three minutes. It. So tell so me when you're ready. First? I'll go first. Okay. Okay, are you ready? Go for it. Start the clock. Um, so um, when I was a child, I was scared of the tooth fairy. You know, the tooth fairy, that's when you lose a tooth and you put your tooth under the pillow and they say that a tooth fairy comes in and uh, replaces it with money. In fact, obviously, it's your parents who do it. But uh, I didn't know that. And when I was a kid, I was scared of the tooth fairy. Santa Claus, Father Christmas, fine. But the tooth fairy freaked me out to the point where um, if I lost a tooth, uh, my mum and dad would still put the tooth under a pillow, but the pillow would be outside the room <laughs> in the hallway. So you'd have a second... All right, let's go back to the start. What, why were you scared? What was it that, about her that made you scared? Just this weird little pixie alien thing. What, what the hell is it? Where does it come from? This magic little creature would come through the window and start messing around under my pillow. It's horrible. It's, you, it's disgusting. Do you have a brother or sister? Yeah, I've got a brother. Older? Old, older brother, yeah. What happened with the older brother? Didn't he reassure you? No. I, I didn't believe what he said to me. He was like, oh, don't worry, Luke, the tooth fairy's fine. It's nice. It'll, she'll give you money. And I was like, I'm not convinced by that. I don't like the idea of this weird winged miniature person. So he talked to me about the pillow outside. So you, you had your pillow that you were sleeping on and yeah. then you put your tooth under your pillow or you put your tooth under the pillow under the outside the door? No, my pillow was taken from my bed and placed outside the door and the tooth was put under that pillow. So you had no pillow? I had, uh, no, I had a replacement pillow. Mm -hmm. But my original pillow was placed outside the room. Just when you lost your tooth? Outside the room in front of the door? Like where? Yeah, just in front of the door, just outside the room. Which way did your door open? Did it, was it an inward open door? Inside. He's going to know that. Um, uh, uh, From the first tooth or every tooth? Just, just the period in which I, um, believed it was real and was scared 
During that period, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I was probably about five, six, or what, however old you are when you lose And your brother never stole the, the, the money from underneath the pillow? Uh, no. It was, no, right. I always got the money. That's two minutes. Um, the, okay. The pillow thing. You've got to make a snap judgment here. You've got how many seconds? What else were you scared of? 50. What else was I scared of? Uh, what other things were you scared sharks. of? Sharks. You were scared of sharks. I was very scared of sharks. Were you scared as of a snakes? Child. I was scared of snakes as a child. I was scared of Darth Vader. Uh, I was scared of E.T. I went to see E.T. when I was mm. a kid, frightened the life out of me. Horrible. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Did you I, see Peter Pan as a kid? Um, no, but I think I read some of the stories. I quite like Peter Pan. Mm. I believe him. Don't influence is it, it. Tell me when three minutes is up. Uh, you've got 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Oh, God. So I, I liked Peter Pan, even though there was a fairy character in Peter mm. Pan. But the thought of a real one coming through the window, I remember specifically the window being left open. What, for the fairy? Yeah. No way. But it Not may in it, England. But it, I just remember an open, open window. Uh, that's three minutes. All right. <clears throat> It may have been that the window was just open anyway, as a coincidence. Okay. Uh, Time to I decide. Think, I think, I think it's true. Okay, why? That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, just because it's, it's such an absurd thing. Uh, that <laughs> what you think I'm an absurd person? <laughs> no, I think it's. I think it's just. It's just such a random uh, thing to be scared of that yeah. it's difficult to make. To, although the truth is stranger than fiction. Uh, yeah, but the fact that your brother was there and he. Mm, <sighs> You think that my brother would have stolen them? I'm going to say it's false. I'm going to say it's a lie. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, in fact, it's true. Bollocks. I told you. I told you. I can tell. I can tell when people right. lie. Uh, so you got two points. So, got two points. Uh, and what we need. And I'm going to do my story and now. And now your story. Okay. And, uh, another three minutes on the clock. Oh, man. I'm going to come <sighs> second again. I'm close. I'm close. No. Especially because we know that this one's a lie before you even start talking. <laughs> um, let's do we? go. Yeah, we do. Let's go. Uh, so when I was a kid, I almost burnt down my house. Nice. You almost burnt down <laughs> your house. Almost burnt down your house when you were a kid. How old? Six or seven. Which one, Paul? I don't know. I, it's, okay. tooth, it's like your tooth fairy thing. I don't remember. Okay, you almost burnt down your house. Okay, mm. just how did it happen? Uh, I, if, uh, it, if indeed it, 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 it did happen. But. <laughs> I, I, I um, set a light to the bush outside the fire outside the fire sorry outside the house okay and it was ge- it almost hit the house and put the house how on close fire. was it to to burning so was the house on fire at house all? was never on fire oh how did you set how did you start the fire uh with a a, a a match and a how did you get hold of these matches do your parents smoke uh yes they both do mm. okay that adds weight and so story. just tell me the just tell me the thought process that you were going through when you decided to burn this bush, was it a sort of religious thing? Was it like oh, children, <laughs> children burn I, stuff? Did you did you hear about Moses? And you were like, I want to see a burning bush as well. No. Did the bush talk to you? The, the bush didn't talk to me, uh, but my parents did. They were very angry. Okay, that what? I set the the bush uh, on fire. Punishment. Where, where were you? What country was this? This was in France. Where in France? Uh, where we lived in France. Did you in live a, in a house? Uh, we lived in a house, yeah. Well, yeah. Where was, yeah, yeah. but I mean, like, yeah, go where? Go on, go on, go on. <laughs> it was uh, in the southwest, well, it was east of France, near Geneva, uh, mm-hmm. near near Evian, where they make the water. Were uh, you on your own? Was I on my own? Just you, none of your friends with you? Oh, at the time of what? Of me the setting fire. it out? Uh, yeah, yeah that's I was, that was talking about. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I was on my own. Did they use Evian to put out the fire? <laughs> they, uh, uh, they maybe did. 
there, were, there was lots of water involved, buckets and stuff like that. Okay. It might have been Evian. How close the was the fire to the house? Be honest. Uh, how close was the fire to the house? It was the bush was kind of a, a, a tall bush that led to the house. So if the bush, like it was about uh, as tall as this roof, about I don't know, ten foot high. Okay, and the bush big. was like fully on fire. Mm. Did you t- run and tell your parents, or did they see the fire? Ah, uh, that's a great question. I don't actually remember. Uh, I think mm, I. It might have been a neighbour that's seen it. I, I, that genuinely, I don't understand. I trauma. Don't it was a traumatic okay. event. Yeah. Just tell me quickly, on the moment that it happened, what was the emotion that you went through? Uh, like, just put yourself back in your shoes yeah. when you were six or seven years old and you just struck a match and threw it on the ground. Just tell me the experience directly, what it was like. I was, I was playing next to the bush. There was some uh, dry grass, uh, hay or whatever. Not hay, but like, you know, dry, yeah, it was, dry it was grass. in the summer. Yeah. And um, I, I was playing around with matches and uh, suddenly that caught fire. The, the ground caught fire and then it spread up to the bush. All right. uh, and uh, and I scared, I guess, is the... Is the, the I was like six or seven, so mm, mm. Uh, I, I was... Uh, Luke, I'm afraid that's your three minutes. Okay, all right. <sighs> Bloody hell. You know, if I get I this him, I if I get him. this wrong, then it's going to be Stephen Stevens <laughs> again, isn't it? And then we'll just call it quits. Um, okay. We'll call it quits, but I, I, think I, it's, I think it's true. I think it's true too. I think it's true just because... It's the sort of thing that you would do. <laughs> it's the sort of thing Paul would do, would definitely. Do. Yeah. Uh, so? It's true. Yay! <laughs> neither hey! of, I, I thought that neither of you would lie. Before we even got here, I thought they're both going to tell the truth. I know it. And you did two, true, four true stories. Yeah. You two. Yeah, the one that I was yeah. debating about, but I didn't have enough time to research, was uh, the Elijah Wood John Hurt. I was going to say I spent Valentine's Day with Leonardo DiCaprio and Michael Caine uh, when they were filming Inception. Because mm. uh, oh, there's a scene where they're in, this, in the university and Michael Caine's the teacher. Um, and what's her name? Ellen Page is also in that bit. Uh, it feels like cheating though, doesn't it? Yeah. What? Because it's still two celebrities filming in the same oh, type just, of scene. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're changing the characters, the date and the, the yeah. venue, but you're still yeah. kind of exactly I, the same I story. Consider, in this game, I th- consider just keeping the whole story the same, but changing one detail. I feel like that's cheating. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so the final scores at the end. Uh, I, um, well, let's see. Amber came away with two points, of course. Paul ended up with uh, three points. Uh, yeah, three points at the end. And then um, I've emerged victorious with a, a total of six points. <laughs> now, what does that... No, no, because you both got the same. No. You knew it was true. Oh, no, you said it was I, false. I, I, I missed... I. You sp- thought the truth fairy was a lie? Yes, I did, yeah. Ah, okay. So he got zero in round four. Okay, so Luke and he got, got zero. Points, yeah. And I got two points. Yeah, and he yeah. got zero in round five, and I got one point. So Luke six. is the champion of Luke's English podcast. So what does that mean? Does that mean I'm a psychopath? That I'm able to both lie and no because interestingly Luke what you did was you always told the truth one you were prepared to believe other people with Paul that was easy because he was telling the truth and you wanted to believe me even though I patently did not know any details about the cinema which is actually one of the key elements in this story so you wanted to believe everyone right. and when confronted with a liar you couldn't see that lie but you were able to be convinced by your convincing friend Paul to go with him in a sort of camaraderie so of if you're a you mean if so you I think if I think we could pull the wool over your eyes is what I'm trying to say. Um, right. So the point that the reason that I won is because I, w- I just got lucky because you told the truth more. We told the truth more. I'm yeah. ab- so you're saying I'm able to detect when people are telling the truth, but I'm not able to detect if they're lying. So for example, I just assume that people are lying. 
I'm a good. Are you telling the truth. The, sorry. I, yeah, yeah. I assume that people are telling the truth because you I, want to see the yeah, good. Yeah, you're I, a I, just, I, I see the good in people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which could be a weakness if people try and lie to me because I'll be like, Amber he did. wouldn't lie to me. No, Amber and Paul wouldn't lie to me. They're my friends. No, I don't know because then <laughs> when I lied to you, Paul was able to convince. So you were confronted with like your ah. instinct. I want to believe Amber, and then Paul was like, no, Amber's lying this is why and you were able to you know resign your be- your judgment in you know the faith in humanity and go mm. with Paul to mm. believe that I was lying so, so I actually Paul you helped me to win this game I did yeah. thank you it's thanks to Paul that you've won so in a sense Paul is, is the, the winner he's the real vote most <laughs> <laughs> he's the real most valuable player because I I, I yeah Paul was because the only one I, who- I always told the truth and I knew when someone was lying yes Paul Paul only told the truth and he could detect a lie. But wait a minute. I won the game though, right? (laughs) (laughs) Stop trying to twist it around. Don't steal this victory. Don't take this victory away from me. (laughs) We all won. Feels good. We all, every, yeah, I think that I think something we can learn from this is that (laughs) in the end, we all won from this experience, didn't we? Apart from Amber, she definitely lost. I definitely lost. (laughs) But I hope that the listeners to Luke's English podcast feel that they're the real winners uh, here because they got to listen to this nonsense <laughs> uh, hour and 20 minutes of nonsense I hope so uh, I hope that I hope that my listeners feel like the, they've enjoyed that uh, experience there's a game that you can play with your friends it's a sort of a parlor game isn't it the mm. lie game it's, it's quite good fun mm. I, I feel like the 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 only way to make it better yeah oh, is to have no 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 because uh, there's a TV show in, in the UK called Would You Lie to Me or Would I Lie would to I You lie Would you? I Lie to You uh, <laughs> Would You Lie to Me <laughs> <laughs> Would You Lie to Me no, no of course I wouldn't lie to you oh okay uh, then Would I Lie to You and the, the 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 reason why it's easier for the lying bit is that there's a th- there's a fourth fourth person who isn't involved in the actual game but what you have to do as a, as a, as a player you pick up a, a card and on that card is a statement and it could either right. be one of your statements you've submitted to this person mm-hmm. or it's a fake statement and then you have to make it up kind of as you're going. Mm. Mm. But that's that's more difficult to 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 do as a game because you need a fourth person to exactly. write all of the statements. Exactly. And that fourth person has to collect statement, true statements from people yeah. and then write a bunch of lies. Yeah. And it's, it just takes, it's just in terms of an exercise for the English language teacher, it's just a lot longer to prepare. Yeah. And it's easier to go in and say, right, tell us, tell us something. Is it true or if it's a lie? We've got to ask you questions. And if we're right, we get a point. Yeah, but that's if you're the English teacher, then that's you can do that. You can be the person, the adjudicator that. Yeah, but yeah, but there's a lot of preparation because they'd need to submit their statements. You need to write. The teacher more then has to prepare more, and you know. And what, also, people. If are you're anxious, a lazy teacher, no, it's not a question of being lazy. Teachers are always overworked, <laughs> and the, the least amount of preparation possible is is better. It's about efficiency. Mm, it's true. Mm, Good. So, so, but you know, I suppose some teachers could prepare a bunch of cards laminated with a bunch of uh, true points on them. I guess you only have to do one. Uh, yeah. Like to, f- to come up with a fake, like let's say you've got 10 students. Yeah. You have to, as a teacher, have to come up with 10 fake stories yeah. and then just ask them to give you 10 real stories. Yeah. And then. But they would have to be written on identical pieces of paper yeah. or identical cards. Yeah, that's true. And what's going to happen is you use the, the game again and again. The, the, tr- the fake ones that you wrote gonna are going to get older and yeah. they're going to be, it's going to be obvious yeah. which ones are true that's and true. which ones are not true. And then that will that'll skew the game. So sometimes the more complicated the idea, the less effective it is. Mm. So keep it simple often is is a, a good answer. Um, guys, thank you so much for being on another episode of Luke's English Podcast. 
I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Yeah, thanks for inviting us on again. I feel like I've learned something about both of you. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. I feel like I've lost. I've forgotten things that I used to know, <laughs> if that's possible. Um, all right, then, listeners, don't forget to visit the page for this episode where you will find a description of that game in case you want to take it away and use it yourself. Don't forget that it is uh, that I own all of the intellectual property rights. Uh, for this game and so uh, if you do attempt to create a, a board game uh, out of this and uh, publish it and make money off it I will take you to court okay uh, I don't know who you are I don't know what you want I, I will find you I will track you down and I will sue you um, oh, yeah. okay I just wanted to remind you that a weird passive aggressive yeah. ending now if you did like the game and you're planning on using it as a teacher then feel free to donate uh, a couple of money a couple of uh, money. A couple of money <laughs> to your Luke's English podcast. There's a little donate button there, you know, and, and Luke uh, makes his podcasts out of the, the warmth of his heart and they're all free and he puts a lot of effort into them. And uh, so if you like the game and you're planning on using it, uh, then, uh, you know, just donate, I don't know, a, a pound, a euro, a yen, whatever your currency Not is. Not a yen. Uh, a yen is worth virtually nothing. Whatever, you know what I mean. <laughs> like uh, a, a monetary value, yes. value that uh, you feel acceptable uh, at Luke's English podcast. Uh, so uh, teacherluke.co.uk. And then uh, you just click the donate button. Thanks, Paul. Thanks very much. Okay, I appreciate that. Okay, I'm gonna we're gonna say goodbye on that note. So, uh, can you all join me in a in a in a bye bye bye? Yeah, Uh you know how this works. We do. Okay, all right. Thanks for (laughs) listening to the episode, ladies and gentlemen. We'll speak to you again soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye. 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 This is not the end of this episode of Luke's English Podcast because, in fact, I've got some other things to say. But thanks for listening anyway. Right, so yeah, it's not the end of uh, this episode of the podcast because um, I've still got some other things to say. In fact, I promised at the beginning of the episode that I would talk to you, uh, specifically those of you out there who are English language teachers, and I think that some of you listen to this podcast, uh, because I just wanted to talk to you about the lying game and how I use it um, as a teacher in my classes, all right? Um, I think what I'm going to do is just put a PDF download on the page for this episode, which is a sort of a worksheet for the lying game. You can download it and print it and use it in your classes. You're free to do that. Um, If you do use my lying game, it's a very simple game. You might have similar activities yourselves. It's it's quite a common activity. And as learners of English, maybe you've been in classes uh, uh, before where your teachers have used something similar to that. But I find it to be a successful game. And the format, I've, I've kind of... Um, I, I found a winning formula and it's worked for me. So if you're a teacher of English, then check this out. You might want to use this approach. Um, just a suggestion, okay? So how do I do the, the lying game? What level is it appropriate for? Well, I find that the, I can I can kind of use the, the game in, to some extent with most levels, but really it's about, really you need students who are able to uh, use past simple tense. That's the main thing. Past simple tense, first of all. But the, the, the game can be used to practice, um, you know, present tenses as well for, for, for habits. Uh, but it, it's a fairly complicated game and it works best when uh, the students have a certain level of fluency. And so I would say intermediate, upper intermediate and above, basically. And it's a good way to, first of all, practice question formation, uh, but also to practice 
usually past tenses. So past simple or the other past tenses like, you know, past continuous or past perfect, those tenses that we use to sequence uh, events in the past, basically. Um, and also the, the, the question forms that go along with, with those um, verb forms, all right? So kind of forming uh, past uh, forming questions using different past tenses. So there's that kind of structural work. But also there's some pronunciation work in there as well, which is kind of like how you give intonation in questions. So things like, you know, normally um, when you ask a question, um, there's you'll have a certain type of intonation. So for example, uh, when did you go? Like, when did you go to... So when did you go to New York? For example, when did you go? Um, but also... Sometimes that kind of question can be delivered with a different sort of intonation. It's like, when did you go? Um, and when did you go is often used when you, someone has already answered the question before and you're repeating. Okay, so uh, for example, I, I, I went to New York. Okay, and when did, and, and, uh, when did you go? I went uh, in, in April and then a couple of uh, moments later. Sorry, when did you go? It was in April. Okay, right, thank you. All right. Um, and also, you could just play around with sort of the attitude of being suspicious and how that affects the way that you ask questions and the intonation pattern, for example. Uh, so, And you end up using things like um, tag questions. So it can be quite a good way of looking at the, whether your students are using tag questions or not. And then afterwards, you can sort of teach them tag questions and do practice. So tag questions are quite useful in this game because they allow you to uh, be a bit suspicious. So, So you went to New York, did you? You know, that sort of thing. Or, uh, so, um, uh, it was hot, was it? You know, it was hot, was it? Now, notice that I've said, I said, it was hot, was it? Not, it was hot, wasn't it? Now, that's because if you, now, normally in a tag question, the tag is negative, right? Or, or the tag is basically inverted. So, it was hot, wasn't it? Okay, so was and wasn't. Um, but if you say, it was so, it was hot, was it? There you kind of, uh, that's, a, that's a more of a challenging question. For example, uh, you think it was hot and you want them to confirm that it was hot, okay? So it's not just like, so it was hot, wasn't it? You want them to say yes, okay? That's the standard way. Uh, it, was, it, was, it wasn't hot, was it? Or it was hot, wasn't it? Or it was hot, wasn't it? Like, I don't know if it was hot, it was hot, wasn't it? Or, but in this case, it was hot. It was so. It was hot, was it? It just has a slightly more suspicious feel to it. So it was hot, was it? Uh, okay, that's interesting. Um, so if you're sort of sceptical or suspicious, the tag question is not inverted. Imagine in a job interview, someone is looking at your CV and they say, "So, um, so you worked in a in a restaurant for two years, did you?" You worked in a restaurant for two years, did you? And that kind of means, apparently, you worked in a restaurant for two years. I want you to tell me more because I'm a bit sceptical. Okay, so that's quite interesting. So, yeah, you can use it to practice those tenses and different types of questions with different types of intonation. And so the way I usually do it is... Um, I'll start by explaining the game to them. I just say, okay, everyone, today we're going to do a speaking game. It's going to be a chance to practice using tenses or whatever. You might want to justify it with some grammatical purpose or if, especially if it follows some, some like study that you've been doing. It's quite a good uh, task and game that you can do as, as free practice for using 
question formation or any of the other grammar that I've just mentioned. Um, so I, I come in and I say, okay, everyone, we're going to play a game. Uh, it's a game that I've played with, with my students a lot of times and uh, it's usually quite fun. My students enjoy it. Let's see if you enjoy it too. Now, the idea there is that you're suggesting to them, if you don't enjoy it, then you're not very not a fun group of people. You know, you, just by suggesting to them that other groups have had really lots of fun and found it very useful, you're suggesting to them that if they don't find it fun and, and useful, then then they, you know, there's, they're not a great group. So that kind of is a little bit of sort of mind control or encouragement to make them uh, try and enjoy the game, you know, because it, it really works best if they get into it and try and enjoy it. So it, it finds some way of encouraging them to really enjoy themselves and see it as a chance to practice language uh, in a safe environment. Okay. Um, so I then explain the rules of the game and say, okay, so it's called the lying game. In fact, I, I sometimes call this game by a different name. I call it, I know what you did last summer. And that works with students uh, because usually they don't know each other very well and often they don't know what each other did uh, last summer. So even you can just focus it on that context. What did you do last summer? Okay. And the game is called I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is quite fun because it's also the name of a horror film that you, that you might know. So let's, let's say you've, you've, you've pre- presented it like that. So the game is called I Know What You Did Last Summer and it's written on the board also known as the lying game. And you say, we're going to play a game. In this game, you can lie or you can tell the truth. It's up to you. And the re- what I like about that is that sometimes people don't feel comfortable about lying or they're not very good at inventing stories. And so you're giving them the option. If they can't come up with a crazy lie, they can just say something that's true. So it's quite easy to play this game and it allows people to be creative or, or not if they don't want to be. Um, and still enjoy the game. So you can lie or you can tell the truth. It's your choice. And we have to guess if you're lying or if you're telling the truth. Okay. And here are the rules. So you write these up. Rule, you know, step one, number one, you have to answer this question. What did you do last summer? So someone will ask you this question. What did you do last summer? Um, and you can get them to repeat it. Just say, okay, can you repeat that? What did you do last summer? Okay, just get them to repeat it a couple of times just to get their, get used to saying it. Um, and then then point two, it said, you, you, you write this, you, you can tell the truth or tell a lie. Okay, tell the truth or tell a lie. Now, you might at this point want to go through some vocabulary, like tell the truth, tell a lie, or to lie, or for example, he's lying, she's lying, she's telling the truth. I don't believe her. Uh, you know, she's quite convincing. Um, it's just like also often you, you, you find that they look for the phrase, it's just instinct. It's just, it's just my intuition. Often when they're, when they're justifying their choice, they say, it's, oh, I just, and they look, they point to their chest and you can say, it's just my intuition. It's a gut feeling. So you can kind of explain those bits of vocab as well. Um, what else? What else? Um, as stuff like the word gullible, as we had in this episode. So, you know, are you gullible? Uh, are you difficult to convince? Lots of language that you can also add into this as well and practice it a little bit. So, it's a, you know, it's a, a long lesson, this. If you do it in the right way, you can justify spending a, an hour on this. Um, so, so you've got, you can lie or you can tell the truth. And then part three is uh, we ask you questions or your partners ask you questions. Lots of questions. 
And you've got to encourage them to ask lots. Imagine you're like a police officer or you're like a detective like Sherlock Holmes. You've got to try and ask as many questions as possible to get to the answer. You've got to find out if it's true or if it's a lie. OK. Um, and uh, and, you know, you just remind them that we're looking for all kinds of questions. You, it depends on the level of the group. You might want to just keep it simple and just say WH questions you know, instead of encouraging them to use different forms. But if it's a higher level group, you can say, you can try tag questions. I want to hear different types of questions. You know, I want to, uh, you're probably going to be suspicious and stuff like that. So part three, and then part four, and you, by the way, you leave a big gap on the board for part three, because you're going to write loads of questions in there in just a few moments. All right. Uh, Part four is, then we guess, are you lying or are you telling the truth? Okay. And, um, and so we guess and we justify, we explain why. So I think you're lying because, and then you justify it. So I, I think you're lying because I don't believe what you said. Or I think you're lying because it, there was too much information. Or I think you're lying because I don't believe you. I think you're lying because you were laughing. I think you're lying because it's just my gut feeling, for example. All right. And then you explain the scoring system. If you get it right, uh, if, if someone gets it right, they get one point. Uh, if if they get it wrong, they get no points. But if someone gets it wrong, you get two points. So you need to explain that as well. Uh, okay. And then uh, for part three, so by the way, you might need to at that point demonstrate and go, okay, I'm going to demonstrate. I'll go first. Can someone ask me the question? And one of the students goes, okay, what did you do last summer? And you say, you have to, you have to prepare something. Um, and, uh, you know, you say, last summer I met... Um, I'm, I met Chad Smith, the drummer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I met Chad Smith from the, you know, the Red Hot Chili Peppers? And they'll go, yeah, of course. And you go, Chad Smith, he's the drummer. He looks a bit like Will Ferrell, the actor. All right, you know who he is? Okay, so I met Chad Smith. This is a lie, by the way. But I, I met, or you can come up with something really ridiculous. Like I used to use something really ridiculous just to, just to kind of take the pressure off a little bit. And I'd say, last summer, I went to the moon. And it's obviously a lie, you know, it's just a joke, but um, it just takes the pressure off. And so, okay, let's go with, la- uh, let's have this one. I went to the moon with Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And they're all, obviously, they're all convinced it's a lie. But then you say, okay, but st- ask me some questions. Your choice. You can go with something obvious and silly or something more difficult for them to, to work out. And then you just elicit loads of questions from the group. The why, who, when, how, where, and and all of those sorts of things, all right? So try and get as many questions up on the board as you can using different question words. Try and get a, a, a wide range of different questions and elicit them, correct their questions, and write the correct versions up on the board. Okay, so that's like a little error correction exercise. You could write the questions as they say them to you. If, even if they say them wrong, you write them up and you just elicit a, a bunch of sort of like half, half-baked, like slightly, slightly dodgy questions with bad grammar and a few mistakes. Some of them will be correct. Some of them won't. Uh, you write them all up anyway. And once you've got a bunch of questions on the board, a fairly wide range, you've, you've kind of helped to give them inspiration. At that point, you go, okay, error correction. And you say, you say uh, one, two, three, four, seven of these, these questions are wrong. And I want you to find the wrong questions. Go. And then you say, in pairs, you're a pair, you're a pair, you're a pair. You've got, you got five minutes or less. Um, find the seven mistakes and correct them. Go. 
So then they, they huddle together with their partner and they go, what about question two? Is that correct? Yeah, I think that's correct. Yeah. Question three is definitely wrong because it's not present perfect. It's not when have you, when have you gone to the moon? It would be when did you, you know, when did you go exactly? All right. And they, they have little conversations. And then after that, after a few minutes have, have gone by, you say, okay, so corrections. And you get the corrections from each student and you correct the, um, you correct the questions up on the board there. And then you can do some, some vocabulary drills once you've got all the correct questions. You then lead the class through some drills where you go through each question. You know, when did you go? Who did you go with? What was it like? What did you see? How long did it take? All of that kind of stuff. Um, with drills, you can start by um, drilling them with the, with the questions visible. So you just show them the questions and you say, when did you go? What did you do? And they, they do that. Do it as a group. Do it individually. Ask individuals to do, do them as well. And then what you can do is you can sort of remove some of the words on the board and ask them to, to continue the drills, but with missing words, and then add the words in afterwards. Or you can complete, you can just stand in front of the words so they can't see them and continue the drill. And that's usually a funny moment. Like you're drilling, it's not too difficult because they can read the, the, the sentences. And then you go, okay, let's do it again. And then you stand in front of the word, all of the sentences and they kind of go, oh, this is going to be difficult. I find drilling is brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, especially drilling when they can't read the sentences. Because when they when the students can read the sentences, they're in their comfort zone and it's a bit easy and they start switching off. And some of them, some of the 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 more big headed students, you get the impression they're like, oh this is easy. Uh teacher, too easy this is too easy. You know? And then you go, oh too easy is it? All right, then let's try this. And then you stand in front of the board and then they're like, ah, uh, okay. Repeat it after me. Um, and then you have to make them a bit complicated you know um why did you go to the moon with will ferrell in a spaceship and they have to say why did you go to will why did you go it's difficult why did you go to the moon with will ferrell in a spaceship um and then you say all right that's good but no pauses and they they have to go why did you go to the moon with will ferrell in a in a in a spaceship and they say that's good but say it again no pauses why did you go to the moon with will ferrell in a spaceship and they do it like that, you know, so lots of drills, even before you've played the game. Hopefully, if you're doing it in the, the engaging and interesting way, then they will pay attention throughout this and they won't get bored. And there's the promise of the game that's going to come, you know, and they hopefully they're starting to think of ideas and things while you're playing this, if they're good students and if they're concentrating and if, and if all the timing is going right. You know? Okay. So once you've done all that, then you can say, okay, uh, now it's your turn. By the way, in, oh yeah, you need to still play the game, right? So you let them ask, ask all the questions finally, and you give your answers briefly. And then after a couple of minutes of demonstration of you talking about how you went to the moon with Will Ferrell or whatever your story is, you then give them the option. Do you think I'm lying or telling the truth? And of course, they'll go, you're lying. Why? Because it's ridiculous. Okay. And I, you're, what about you? What about you? And they all say you're lying or whatever. And then at the end, you go, well, of course, it's, it's a lie. And they, um, and they all go, well, of course it was. Um, but um, what you can do at that point is go, okay, you got it. All, all of you got it correct. So you get, all of you get one point. I didn't, I didn't convince any of you uh, because you all got it correct. I get zero. Okay, if you'd said it was true, I would get two points, but you didn't. You said it was a lie, so I get nothing, and you get one point. Okay, right now, and then you you put everyone into little groups, groups of three, 
probably. If, if you've got 12 students, that's like four groups. Something like groups of three, it can work in pairs, but it's better when there's three, at least three people. Four is okay. Five is a little bit too much because you tend to find some people dominate in a group of five and other people sit back and, and they're quiet. So three or four, that's best. And you say, okay, you're going to play the game. And first of all, you get them to write a score chart, a little score table uh, on the piece of paper. They write their names. So then you can, you can say, okay, you take turns. Uh, say you're st- uh, Someone starts by answering the question, what did you do last summer? And then um, play the game, okay? And um, when you've finished, count the scores. Let's see who's the winner. And, you, and then they, they go and they play the game. Now, good groups... Students who are kind of motivated and willing to experiment and are slightly outgoing, those good groups will sort of mess around with the game and they'll start playing it and they'll look at the question words on the, the questions on the board and they'll use them and they'll remember stuff and they'll use intonation and they'll hopefully be creative and have fun. And you can move around monitoring and just sort of listening to the stuff that they're saying and making corrections on the spot, helping out if necessary, you know, giving them a little bit of a creative push here and there, uh, writing down corrections in a notepad, which you can then write up on the board or give them as homework. And you just basically help to facilitate the exercises. You move around the room. And then at the end, as a whole group, you can say, so what happened? Who won? And, you know, you can kind of have a little feedback session where they explain who who won the game and, and stuff like that. And as a follow-up, uh, you can either give them error correction on the board or error correction as homework if you can photocopy your notes or put them onto um, like a Word document on, on the, on, and send it to them on the internet or something like that. Or if you're using a Moodle, you can just publish the error correction on the, on the Moodle or on your blog or whatever, and they can find it, print it, correct the mistakes and bring it as homework tomorrow. Or another piece of homework would be that they write uh, a description of their story. Okay, and they just sort of flesh it out into a story, basically, and they just write it. If you wanted, you could ask them to write it in the form of an email, an email to a friend saying, "Oh, you, you'll never believe what happened to me," and then you, and then they write their story as a, in the form of an email. Um, uh, or alternatively, uh, you know, if you're super creative and you've got the time and the the technology, you could get them to record their stories separately, and and then come back and. Um, and play the recordings to each other, or or they post their recordings onto onto the Moodle or the the website that you're using for your class, and they can share their recordings. There's loads of stuff that you could make. They could make videos and things of their stories, um, and all sorts of stuff that you can follow. That okay? Uh, you could go back into some of the grammar and do some more grammar work on past tenses based on some of the mistakes that you heard them making. If they can't, if they couldn't use the past perfect or past continuous, or if they're getting ed endings or wrong or any other issue you can then sort of like focus on it um, after listening to them play the game okay so that's my um, like bit of advice for teachers on how to use the line game in the classroom and um, yeah I guess I'm going to make a pdf that you can download which has got the instructions on there and they're simple instructions you know point one uh, point two point three and point four Um, feel free to use it 
um, teachers. But uh, as Paul said in this episode, um, you, you might consider just um, helping me out, supporting me, uh, because I'm being a bit generous. Um, you can support me by just um, giving me a donation on my website if you think that my 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 work is uh, is is valuable and useful. Okay, um, right. So that's it. Okay. Hello, listeners. Hello, Lepsters. Hello, students of English. Um, you might have felt like this bit wasn't for you, but um, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to a kind of that was like a conversation in the teacher's room that you just um, listen to, isn't it? Normally, English lessons happen in the classroom, and then the, the the teachers disappear into the teacher's room, and you might wonder what are they talking about in that teacher's room? What's, what goes on behind that door? Well, um, a lot of the time, to be honest, that that. The teachers are sharing ideas for lessons and helping each other out think of new ideas. And that's one of the cool things about being a teacher is that you can you spend time with other cool people. In my experience, most English teachers are pretty cool, laid back, quite creative um, and uh, nice people who make good conversation. Um, so that's the sort of thing that you might have heard in the teacher's room, me explaining how to play the lion game. And I, I imagine other people would be like, the lion game? What's the lion game? I've, I've, you know, what's the lion? Is that, does that involve big cats? It's a, no, not the lion game, the lying game. Oh, right. Hilarious. Because of course, English teachers are all absolutely hilarious people with really brilliant senses of humour. Of course they are. Um, thanks for listening to this episode. Leave your comments on the website. Consider making me a donation if you fancy it, or take advantage of the Audible offer where you can get a free audiobook, audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke, or click one of the buttons on my website. I'm now going to stop talking, um, and uh, I will be back in uh, in your computer or in your phone or in your headphones or in your ear eardrums uh, before too long. Uh, but for now, it's just time for me to close the episode by saying goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.